back to the first time films were talking The Last Jedi, I told them we were doing a Star Wars month and no one was really up for it. So we're powering through January, uh, but February will be really, really good. I'm joined um, by AJ. AJ, how's things going? Good. We're in lockdown 503. <laughs> but at least we still have this podcast. At least we still have the podcast. If nothing else, at least the podcast will be here. Um, and we're also joined uh, by a very special guest today. Um, we had our Star Wars uh, charity gauntlet. And this man easily, he didn't win, but he came out the start of it. Uh, as Kieran Docker. Hey, Kieran, how are you doing? Um, I'm good, eh? Uh, I'm very, like, I don't, I don't know how to handle that kind of praise um, <laughs> for, I mean, for really just it's... talking about Star Wars. You, I mean, it's absolutely one Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big letdown from from here on out. Like, <laughs> the hype is too big. Listen, that well, that's the thing because, like, obviously you got the random entry number and it was number six, and you're like, oh well, I'll I'll do it for charity. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> me. That's me gubbed. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it just kept going and going, and I was just like, Kieran, man, here we go. And then that uh, it had to be that bastard Kier Bachelor that took you out as well. I know, then, wearing my own hat, no less. Wearing your hat. Like, I couldn't imagine the gall of that man, the absolute <laughs> gall of him. Uh, I wanted to say this off the bat, we do like an Oscars prediction every year on this, and Keir won a few years ago, so I, I suppose he'll come back for it. Um, do you want to come and try and beat him at that, at his own game? You know, oh, maybe, yeah. wearing, maybe wearing his hat. Want to you know? take the crown from him. Yeah, definitely. I'll send you one of his hats over. I'm sure I have one somewhere <laughs> from endless filming uh, on <laughs> one day. Anyway, we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. Star Wars The Last Jedi uh, came out 2017, directed by Ryan Johnson. Direct follow-up to uh, The Force Awakens. Um, critically, it was actually you know, it was fairly well-received. Audiences were we're somewhat more mixed on it, I think is an understatement, um, but we'll get into that later on. Um, it was made for a budget somewhere between 200 and $317 million, yes, because that's a small gap. Uh, yeah, we, we might have spent an extra Negligible. million. <laughs> We're not too sure. Do you know what, when it's yeah. Disney, do they notice? Yeah, exactly. Notice? It's almost conservative, like conservative guess. <laughs> Uh, well, it doesn't really matter anyway because it made one point three 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 billion dollars. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of cash, a ton yeah. of cash. It's like a billion dollars profit. It's mental. Um, but I want to take you back to when the Last Jedi came out. Obviously, coming off of the Force Awakens and AJ, I'll come to you first. Like, what was your anticipation like for the Last Jedi? Like the trailers, and obviously made it quite interesting. It seemed like a darker uh, movie than the one we'd seen before. Like, what were you thinking? Well, I like I really like the Force Awakens, and I was excited because I feel like the Force Awakened like opened up, like it was a good start off point. Like there, mm. it had its own issues, but it was a good start off point for like this new batch of films. And I was excited to see where the last year I went. And then when all the ads came out, it did seem a lot darker, and I liked that because I really like Kylo Ren, and I thought with this film we were going to get more of his character, more of his backstory, and more of like the teenage angst that I mm. personally like. Yeah. And I feel like it possibly delivered. It possibly yeah. delivered. <laughs> there and there about, oh, Kylo Ren, we all love a bad boy, don't we? Yeah, but not we a fucking do. terrorist, though, no. you know what I mean? My friends are like, though, because I love Adam Driver, and yeah. I love Kylo Ren specifically. And nice. friends are always like, but he's just not good. And I'm like, yeah, but he is good deep, deep, deep down. <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep. I can save him. That's the thing, for like, that's the thing with good characters, though. They, they, yeah, like if they, they they don't have to be good if they're portrayed well enough. You can enjoy them for that. They don't have to be good or bad characters. So, like, he is a terrorist, but if he's depicted well enough, then I think, I think that's where where a lot of people like Kyle Ren. Totally, totally, and it's, especially you know coming off the back of the Force Awakens, like he had that. We're all intrigued by him in that movie because for the first half of it, you know, he he's, has nothing but the helmet on. Um, and then he starts to become more of a human character and the backstory is revealed as the as the movie goes on, him being, you know, Han and Leia's son. But but coming into this, Kieran, like what were your thoughts on what the story was going to be? Did it match your expectations? Obviously, we end The Force Awakens with Ray handing over the lightsaber to yeah. Luke. Did things go as planned, as you thought? Well, like it didn't go as I thought it would, but it was for the better, uh, I think, because like 
I like how that sort of that moment when he got the lightsaber. It's it's just too perfect because like you want something to happen one way and it doesn't mean it'll happen that way, you know. <laughs> so uh, does really well to sub sort of subvert that sort of diehard and entitled expectation for a lot of fans to say like, oh, he's going to accept this lightsaber and take up the mantle, but like. The fact of the matter of that lightsaber is that it was used to kill loads of younglings, and this is the first time he's had his hands on it, uh, like as a Force user, like as a, a like a grand sort of Master Jedi. So the this is the first time he's really feeling what this lightsaber has done. It's <laughs> probably a bad reminder of when his dad cut his hand off as well. So I would have thrown it away, to be honest. Yeah. What a baggage! What a baggage that lightsaber! That takes me back to him. Yeah, <laughs> to I your, know. Your, your joke in the Star Wars going. Yeah, on. people expected him to be buzzing to like to be like, yeah, let's do this all again. <laughs> No, no, he just wants to live in his wee island in peace. I know. He's like, and I've got one of these. Why do I need another one? Yeah. And he has, like, why... he has help. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's pampered on that island. Like, the like, Ray's just turning up pure dragon shit up. Exactly. <laughs> what a past day, you know. His like... island getaway has just been invaded so. by some person. Like, it's like I'm just trying to chill you in the Bahamas, and you're trying to get me to save the world. No. <laughs> it's hardly the Bahamas. It? Hard part. It's more Star Stornoway or something like that. Uh, yeah, like a coast of Ireland, isn't it? Star Wars version of the Bahamas. What? Where else is he gonna go, man? He'll get invaded. <laughs> like everyone's getting invaded and burnt down. Uh, yeah, know. that's true. That's, that is, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to go through this sort of character by character because the nature of the Last Jedi is like sort of converging different story arcs going all the way through it, and I think one of the most controversial characters, you know, as we've touched on, is Luke Skywalker himself. There were a lot of fans who were divided on his portrayal in this movie. Mark Hamill. Yeah, um, see, Mark, Mark Hamill himself. Mark Hamill was very, well, we call it passive aggressive. Um, about his role <laughs> in this. aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> just, yeah. just downright aggressive. Um, yeah. AJ, AJ, I'll come to you first. What did you think about the Luke Skywalker that was presented to us in The Last Jedi and what side of the fence do you fall on with this you character know, in this movie? When I first watched it, I was like, do you know what? He's been a bit, like, he's been a bit rude. Like, the the like <laughs> world needs, they're, they're looking to him to, like, help Ray out and like save the resistance and all this because they're like falling apart and he and he's like turned into like a grumpy old man but then the more I watched it and thought about it I'd be like I'd be the same Mm. like he just doesn't he just doesn't want to get involved and also he's lost all hope Uh, he doesn't think that there should be more Jedi's because he's like do you know what because it's not like they've they're they've always been heroes they make bad decisions too Mm. I think he realizes that and he's like we're flawed but then, obviously, Yoda comes and smacks him into some. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda's got a cheek, you know. What I mean? Yeah, like, but <laughs> I feel like the 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 human panic that Luke has, I think, is very like understandable because he's like, I don't know if I can be bothered doing all this again. I don't know if it's worth the trouble. Yeah, yeah, Kieran, where, do you agree with AJ there? Absolutely, yeah. It's like it, it's clear that he's in a place where. Every time that he's tried, it's failed. Um, so he's just removed himself entirely from the equation in hopes that other people will get it right. Um, and I sort of, I think, I think Ryan Johnson understood that um, about the character. Whereas uh, I think Mark Hamill, in this case, wanted his triumphant return, whereas he, he returned as a grumpy old man and wasn't wasn't too happy. But I love Mark Hamill, but yeah, um, I, I don't really get his uh, his reaction to it. The thing is, he's had all that time on the, on the island and he blames himself, obviously, for everything that's going on with Kylo. You would be mad at yourself and just can't be arsed, do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, <laughs> they, they can't expect him to be pure buzzing to save the day when he feels like he's the one that's ruined it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. I think it, it comes down to Mark Hamill's sort of perspective in the franchise because we're all known, like, Harrison Ford can't be arsed, you know what I mean, for years. But Mark <laughs> Hamill's always been, like, you know, a pillar of, of Star Wars, a pillar of that fan community, helped to bolster the, the fan community of Star Wars for years. And I think he knew what the fans would want. And ultimately, he, ultimately, he was right with what the majority of fans wanted, I think, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's a bad decision Ryan Johnson made, but he knew that the fans wanted to see Luke Skywalker, this symbol of hope, the hero that they seen when they were young, you know, growing up and still kicking ass and taking names, you know. Um, but it, it, we didn't get that. And I, I actually think it's, 
I agree with both of you. I probably fall on the side of both of you. I think it's a better portrayal and it's a more realistic portrayal. You know what AJ was touching on there? He talked about the events that have happened to him. Of course he would be a bit like, nah, nah, I'm done. You know, I just want to take myself away from it. And it's like the like the universe seems to think that Luke Skywalker owes them something when in actuality Luke Skywalker gave them every chance to get it. Yeah. And the other ones that fucked up, you know? So it's it's a double-edged sword there. But Kieran, I'll come back to you. I think his relationship with Ray in this movie um, really carries it for large chunks. What did you think of their dynamic with each other? Uh, it's interesting. Like I just watched it again this morning, and I started to see. Like I think he sort of sees a lot of himself in her, um, or who he used to be, um, and it, like she's just a reminder of how much he's changed from that sort of idealistic uh, farm boy that he used to be. So I think that's why he sort of it he sort of comes up against it uh, in that way. Like when when she's. Like saying all this, these hopeful messages and the plans for the future and how to take down the first order, and he's like, ah, that's that's plenty. Like, please stop. Like, it's like, it's like read your old MySpace posts, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> your old Bebo. If yeah. you could find your old Bebo, that would be fantastic. That's that's what I want. But AJ Keaton raises a good point about that. I think I think there are a lot of parallels to be made between Luke and Ray. Um, and do you understand his hesitancy to train her? Um, especially after what's happened, or do you think you know he should trust that Leia's given given Ray her seal of approval? You know, and she wouldn't have done that ha- uh, half-heartedly. You know what I mean? I think when Ray first comes, he's like skeptical. He's like, I don't think we should do this again. Like, he's like, it's better just to leave the Force out of it. Like, let the Jedi die and all that. But then I think when he realizes that him, like, Ray reminds him him of himself before he understands that there is hope and there will be people after him and it's not all on him he can pass his like power and knowledge onto someone else and Mm. together all of them and that's why I think in the end he goes to make that big sacrifice he does because he realises that it's not just about him and giving up it's about obviously the greater good which is the whole point of like the resistance anyway the greater yeah. good. The greater good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but, you know, Kieran, I think we look at Ray and we look at, you know, Luke in their comparison, but, you know, she, Luke isn't the only one who Ray's in contact with in this oh, movie. No. Uh, he, she, has her, she has her force zooms, as it were. Oh, uh, I love this. I love this. What, what do you think? Kieran? What's your thoughts on them? I am a fan. Like the there's this idea of the force dyad when which like the force observes they two as one, uh, like one being within the force, and I love that. Like it it, tran- it transcends sort of space and time, and that's what we see there. We see them sort of occupying the same sort of force space, um, it, and I think I think that really was something that could have been. Uh, developed better uh, throughout the uh, the rise of skywalker afterwards but um mm. like it, it it felt like johnson sort of served up this really interesting aspect to the film uh and uh like jj abrams just sort of missed the <laughs> like missed the volley on on the way on the return so uh, like that whole force zooming thing um as you put it uh it was was really interesting to me and like that's like I've defended that in sort of articles and stuff because I, I really yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, I think you're right to love it because at, at the end of the day, as much as Ray and Luke's uh, relationship is important here, AJ, the relationship between Ray and Kylo is the one that really drives the narrative forward, especially you know when they have that confrontation with Snoke, you know, near the near the end of the film. Like, what did you think about their dynamic, and were you happy with where the Last Jedi left us off of? Yes and no, because I love their, like, dynamic, like, relationship, like, the back and forth between good and evil, and Ray sees, like, the glimmer of good in Kylo, and then it gets to that moment where Snoke is holding her down, and Kylo has a choice to make, and then he chooses good, and she's like, I knew there was good, but then he turns around and he goes, no, come be bad with me, and it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much to unpack there, but I think towards the end, it, it was sort of hinting to, like, romance which is the bit I don't like because I'm like we can't have had this whole saga with Rey and being the Jedi and all that and then her connection with Kylo and then for it to be about 
romance. It's just I'm not here for it. I'm yeah. not here for a girl Jedi just for the love. Trend. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like that Force Dyad aspect of it. Yeah. Like the, the, the Force recognizes them as one being. Um, so they don't have to be a romance. They can simply exist apart, but in the eyes of the Force, be uh, sort of linked intrinsically. Yeah. Um, so so uh, like where the romance comes in, I want that to be Poe and Finn. <laughs> I don't want yeah. I don't want this from, no, from I want Ray a, and Kylo. Yeah, I want a love what's four? Like a love quad oh, between Quadrangle. Square. <laughs> Ray, Finn and Rose. Oh. Yes. Because oh, yes. they were bringing in Rose and I thought it was to be a love triangle between Finn, Ray and Rose. Like I thought that was the whole point of that when I first watched it, but then obviously now I've seen the film after and I understand. Yeah. But um, when I first watched The Last Jedi, I was like, I hope that Rose and Finn and that whole saga that we'll not talk about is, <laughs> is like an aid. I hope it's not an aid of a love triangle because that would just be such a waste. But then I remembered that it's obviously that Finn and Poe are in love with each other. Yeah. yeah. Even when like Finn's talking about uh, the plan to go over to the Star Destroyer, he steps in front of Rose as if, like, because he's already had this connection with Rose when he first meets her. Um, and then when they're explaining the plan to Poe, Finn steps in front of Rose, sort of hiding her from his boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> She's like, no, there's no one else, Poe, it's just you. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much. Like, what did you, because there was negative reaction uh, after this movie. I think um, one of the most negative aspects of the Star Wars fandom that we've seen um, and the backlash of The Last Jedi was the treatment of Kelly Marie Tran yeah. and the, the sheer hatred online to the character of Rose Tico. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, what what do you think it was about the way this character was portrayed in this movie that polarised people so much? I think it was just that whole, like, the whole bit with Finn and Rose, like, going to, where, what was it even called again? I can't remember. Uh, Cantlebite. Cantlebite. I feel like that, for me... I pe- like personally thought it was a great piece of world building, but to the general story, yeah. that by that part of the film we were completely invested in, it seemed really random and out of place. And I think that it could have been a great spin-off or a great part of another film, but in that point it didn't make sense. So I think that like Star Wars fanboys, no offence, got really <laughs> upset <I'm taking. laughs> about, about that bit because they felt like that that Rose and Finn and that whole friendship, even though I think it's important to the general world building character development, took away from the main core storyline, which in some ways it did. But I feel like Rose as a character is important because mm-hmm. it's I think it's almost showing the humanity, like the reason why they're fighting because it can't all just be we're fighting good and evil. You need to say yeah. why. You need to show why. You need to show the people that you're fighting for and the and the world that they're in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. That's why I think that she was important, and then she goes on to become more important in the next film. So that's why I just I, th- I think that it was just because just because there wasn't lots of fighting and explosions during that section, everyone felt like she was irrelevant, but she isn't. Yeah, yeah I, I I totally get that, and I think I actually I think it's downright disgraceful the treatment she got. Obviously, I, I yeah, do. Yeah. I think that what comes into it is maybe perhaps they wanted to fans wanted to see Finn, you know, interacting with more with Poe or more with Ray and didn't feel maybe his story was served as more. So she became the poster child for that storyline that they disliked unfairly, you know, because yeah. I think it's it's fair to criticize the storyline, but it's not fair to criticize, you know, the actress uh, that with that much hatred that, that mm-hmm. she received. I think that's unfair, but yeah. Kieran, coming to you, we've talked about Rose there, but what about Finn? Like, what did you think about his progression throughout this film? Like, was it where you wanted to see, to see him go after the Force Awakens, or would you have taken well, it in a different direction? Do you think? Well, yeah, like I, I, I didn't see a problem with Finn's portrayal in this one. Like, like there was a lot of people saying that he sort of became a source of comedy, and uh, that sort of undercut his his impact. But like when you look at the original films like Han and Chewie uh, were always sort of taking knocks and bumps for cheap laughs. So yeah. like, Finn yeah. has just been he's just been supplanted into the this role of that iconic duo, and I think that fits. And the, like when he's sort of had this progression where he's he's come out of the indoctrination, he's uh, became injured, he's revived and found out that his friends are sort of scattered. 
So he wants to sort of help uh, we, in some way. They're all off doing their individual things and very much in the middle of their individual things. So he needs to have his own sort of arc. So when he leaves with Rose, um, I, I saw that as completely fine. And like, it's no um, sort of slight on him. It's, it's like he's, he's had a he's had a sort of a good arc from there because he's he's revived at the beginning, went in search of this master code breaker, got caught, and then resolved these issues with Phasma, like who, which began from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got a big moment in taking her down. Um, and I think like a lot of people don't sort of acknowledge that big moment that he's had. And I think to ignore that is to completely ignore his progression and also Gwendolyn and Christie's involvement in that. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's a, a amazing actress. I love her so much as a huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, you know, I loved her in that show. She was casting something recently, and I can't quite remember what it was, but it excited me. Clearly, not that much that I can't remember it off the top of my head, but <laughs> it did excite me. You brought up the master code breaker there, Kieran. I have to say, AJ, what do you think of DJ? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like he was a bit. He was just a bit rude, wasn't he? Betraying yeah. them like that. <laughs> uh, I feel like the whole like going to what's it even called again? Can't remember the big casino place. Yeah, um, Like, I don't know. I feel like it was. I don't. I don't. I don't think the first time I watched it, I really didn't understand why that bit was in there. But I think on the second watch, you realise that it's like it's necessary so Finn can get his big moment, mm-hmm. yeah. which is necessary for his character building, but also, like I said before, the world building. And I just think it it's another one of those where it's sort of showing... It shows like, the grey areas of the sort of universe, doesn't it? Yeah, like, there's like... good people, there's bad people, but there's also people that are just opportunists. Yeah, yeah. You get that when you're in like a, having wars and fighting that. Like, there's not people that are definitely one side or the other. Like, there's people that make decisions that are going to benefit just them, and it's not all about the resistance or who's doing totally. the best. Exactly. Totally. And on that same moment, there, there's there's people who are just like the war isn't even the biggest part of their lives. Like those kids yeah. that are sort of in a in a sort of servitude role. Like yeah. the war, the war is basically something separate from them like their their world is contained there uh yeah it's just something that's struggle to survive yeah, yeah. totally um I, I really like what you're saying there with regards to the gray areas of star wars i think the mandalorian's done a better job than than yeah. most of the movies it's sort of covering that i think like bill bill burr's character and i'm a big fan of especially after season two of that show oh yeah um, sure. really really strong um and yeah, AJ, you definitely need to check it out now. You definitely need to check it out. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Yo, it's just yeah. like, I can't bring myself to get Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> because I just, I just know that my life would end and start with Disney Plus. <laughs> it's not a bad way to die. Uh, the mouse runs this house. I've refused to get it because I just know I would spend the first day reminiscing my childhood and then the rest of it just watching everything a million times over and over again. Nice, nice. The I watched Princess and the Frog. First on my list. Oh my god, I'm actually going to watch that uh, in a couple of nights. No, no joke. That was next to my list as well. Down under, and then all of the like the Disney original films that were really random, like the ones with, like <laughs> Corey Batts and all that in it. Then oh, fantastic! That's Lip that's just what we need. <laughs> this is what Camp we need. Rock, Camp Rock number two. I'm actually going to spend weeks. Is that my week off next week? Maybe I should get Disney Plus. You nice. probably should. Yeah, it, it yeah. sounds like you really need it. It sounds better music <laughs> at this point. Everything yeah. you just said, I was like, oh, that's wonderful. But <laughs> I, need, I need to lay my cards on the table here, guys. I need to lay my cards on the table. Like again, another divisive character in this movie. But I am actually in love with Vice Admiral Holdo. I, I think she was brilliant. I knew you were going to say that, David. I came out of this movie like before I'd spoken to anyone, saying she has been. She was my favorite new Star Wars character. Like in, in like your years. favorite one, I, I like... honestly loved her, AJ. But you, you have a contrary opinion. It seems like why were you not a fan of Holdo? I just feel like she was just. I just personally disagree with her personal decisions. I think as a character, <laughs> she was interesting. Do you know what? Didn't like her hair, but it's whatever. But <laughs> she was going through something. <laughs> Yeah, like, but the thing is, we're in the middle of a war, like, dye your hair another time like everyone else. But also, 
That might have been a natural hair colour. We don't know about Star Wars. I know, I know. It could have been, you're right. But <laughs> I just don't know, like, the whole, like, thing with Poe and the mutiny and all that, I just feel like she could have just been a bit more straightforward and saved a lot of lives <laughs> yeah. and effort. A single sentence. <laughs> this is a what I'm doing. A sentence of saying, you know, guys, I actually do have a plan. I'm just not telling you. Would have yeah. been beautiful. Would have saved mm-hmm. a lot of time and energy. But then again... Would it, would the film be the same? No. So I guess I don't actually have that much beef with her. <laughs> the, beef, yeah. the beef is reduced. It's, it's more of a, a frying steak than a sirloin at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't respect not the choicest cut. I don't, I don't respect your decisions, but I understand them in the grand scheme of things. Like many fair things enough. with this film. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Kieran, what were your thoughts on uh, Holdo here? Uh, I'd like I, I really love Laura Dern, but like I had no feelings either way about Holdo. Uh, I thought she was a good addition um, in what she done with the the sort of hyperspace jump that she did um, was uh, excellent. Um, but again, like like AJ said, there's like she could have she could have just said like one thing and it would have resolved that whole issue. There wouldn't have been a mutiny. Like yeah. she'd said, oh um. I'm buying this time so that we can get to this planet. Oh, great. <laughs> it was just more like, I was just sitting to myself and I was like, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, what was the reason? What was the reason? Allow me to present an alternative point of view, okay? <laughs> because I think that... Just because you fans people... here, David. Okay. No, no, you people are blinded by your love of Poe. And I get it, Poe. I think a... so. Poe's Poe's okay. Poe's a bit of an arsehole in this, but I do actually a... love him. <laughs> Poe's a slick cat. Alright, I get yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's as good. as she does saying that, he's like a he's like a wee spice boy. I've actually yeah, yeah I've got a good head I've got a good head canon about Poe that I, I think like it doesn't tie into the Holdo thing, so I'll let you finish David. So no, no worries, so we'll come back to that. But <laughs> I just think he, there's a reason that Leia demoted him at the start of the movie. Let's let's be real. Alright, he was demoted for defying orders and costing them, you know, ships, like costing them or lives, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the ships, yeah. Kieran, the ships. <laughs> Think about the ships. People die in Star Wars. I mean people died in the Death Star, you know what I mean? But the ships, you know, that's that's the important thing here. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but there's a reason she did that. And he's demoted to a point where he can't accept that he's not in the room for those conversations anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's not, not, he's, not, he's not meant to be there. He's exactly. not the Oh my God. He is Aaron Burr. He has become Aaron Burr. He thought he was Thomas Jefferson, but he's actually Aaron Burr. Okay, that's, that's what's happening here. And yeah, I but think... that was ultimately a mistake. Yeah. No, yeah, he's the one who made a mistake. Like... He was nah. the asshole. I'm sorry. Toto nah, was teaching him a lesson. And it's the yeah, same it's... thing that Leah would have done. How it worked out. It worked out because he was a spoiled brat. People died. Speaking of ships, uh, <laughs> I have this idea that like Poe and Leia were actually an item at one point. Uh, nice. Like, no. He, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just heard AJ. No. <laughs> he's he's responded to her authority, and she's responded to him being an absolute scoundrel. Uh, and because every moment with him. Like since the beginning, has seemed too big for that for the like their two roles. Um, so like I like this. Like I've got this idea that they <laughs> in the past they've been something and now they're not, and he still expects to have the same sway as he did when he was sort of. There's with about Leia. forty years in that he. Of this <laughs> I, I don't. I like hey, like. I, it's just an idea (laughs) to be fair AJ you're going to be hosting a show and call me by your name in a couple of weeks so Um, uh, (laughs) the age difference in the film was exaggerated David (laughs) as you well know I'll let you cover it I'll let you cover it and also I don't even know if I want to cover call me by your name anymore after the story's coming about Army Hammer yeah it really changes the idea of how yes. he... I think I would argue actual cannibal time, <laughs> actual cannibal army hammer <laughs> <laughs> 
Hilarious. I, I, I bet his name's going to come up in search bars now, AJ, so let's get that show done, eh? But, like, anyway. <laughs> I know. That SEO. You've got to get that SEO. You're going to capitalise on someone's eating toes, David. <laughs> oh, was it toes? That was everything. It was head, shoulders, knees, right. and toes, Kieran. It was all of the above. Do you know <laughs> Anyway, we're back in the room. I want to cover some of the, the major events at the end that we, we have skimmed over there. So, uh, Kylo Ren kills Snoke. What did we think? Yay or nay, people? Yay or nay? I feel uh, like, yeah. yeah, Snoke character was wasted a bit. It wasn't on screen for long enough for me to care. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, glad he died. He was a bit ugly. <laughs> Poor Andy Serkis. I mean, I'm saying that that's not what Andy Serkis looks like, but like, yeah. Andy I, I, I like Andy Serkis. Thank you yeah. well. But, but it kind of does look like that. See, you can see Andy Serkis' <laughs> yeah. face. Uh, like when, like when you see Snoke, you can see Andy Serkis and acting. Like the, Gollum, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I sort of like it, Snoke in this one felt as if he was just a plot device to allow Kylo Ren to. Yeah. Develop. Um, yeah, like, it, like he was there just yeah. to get killed. At the beginning, Kylo Ren is nothing but pure rage, um, and, and I think that sort of emphasizes, uh, like when when uh, Snoke is sort of putting him down at the beginning, uh, just to show the rage that's building within Kylo Ren, like when he's in the elevator and he's um, smashing his own helmet and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah. But that I think problems. Yeah, yeah, the boys. He's, a, the boys he's in the he's in the elevator, smashing his own helmet. Could be taken so that, many ways. But yeah, that's not you. <laughs> that's the Star Wars parlance for actually for 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 yeah. talking about it. Love it, love it. Um, so I I agree. He's um he, he's a bit wasted, you know, a bit wasted. Um, hopefully, Mandalorian and the spin-off stuff with Filoni and Favreau uh, helps us out with that. I'll say no mm. more. I have ideas about where I think it will go. I don't want to say. If I speak, I am in trouble, you know? So um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, I have notes, but they're my notes. <laughs> we all knew someone like that in class. Um, but, <laughs> David, that was you. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> myself. I have to live with myself every day. Um, but, <laughs> that's why um, we shipped you off to America. That's why you shipped me off. <laughs> you sent me in a box. <laughs> um, Airmail. <laughs> um, Luke projecting himself with the Force across the galaxy. Is this something the Force should have been able to do? That is the question to both of you. What do you think? Yes. I think so. Do you know what? I think the Force is one of those things where it expands with the people that learn it. And I think... Yeah. That if if we had just stopped the force them being able to move shit, it would have been so boring. I and like to know it has endless possibilities. There's these uh, like in um, legends canon. There's these beings that are um, they project a bubble outside of themselves that dampen the force within a certain area. So that mm-hmm. suggests that the force itself exists everywhere mm-hmm. uh, except around them. So if like looks just basically used that as a highway through space to actually get to there um and it's just that like it it's a blanket thing the force it binds everything together and looks yeah. look knows how to use that Aye, and I, i'm glad if nothing else they projected himself across the galaxy for that moment with leah because i think mark hamill uh, and carrie fisher deserved that moment especially when we you know consider the real life implications that that was the last you know scene the two of them ever shared together um, yeah. You know, in that moment, I, I cried in this. I cry at every Star Wars movie I see at one point in the cinema. I always right? do cry. Uh, so yeah. I cried, cried when Han, Han Solo died in Force Awakens, but I was That's very weird. drunk then, so it was like pure exaggerated tears. <laughs> um, this one was a more tender moment when Luke hands Leia the, um, the dice from the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you hear the, the refrain from um, Han and the Princess uh, starts to play. Oh, the music, oh, yeah. So nice. Yeah. I know it's my favorite. That might be my favorite film music of all time. I love that like so much. It's a good really, thrill, yeah. And Pretty Woman has a really good score as well. By the way, I just want to say I rewatched that movie <laughs> the other night. David, Pretty, Pretty Woman has a great some... score. Yeah, like I, I believe you. <laughs> go check it out, people. If you do nothing else today, <laughs> go listen to the Pretty Woman score. It's fantastic, uh, superb. Um, anyway, I want to just finish off by asking, what's your low key favorite moment of this entire movie? 
um, finish off our Last Jedi discussion. So I will come to Kieran first. Kieran, what was your favourite moment of The Last Jedi? Uh, favourite moment of The Last Jedi? I really liked the um, the standoff uh, near the end um, between Luke and and Kylo Ren because it's very um, it's it's very sort of reminiscent of. Kurosawa's Seven Samurai moments where, nice. where they've got yeah. the two standing off and time is visibly moving around them. Like you can see the sun behind Kylo Ren descending and the salt from the air that's been blown up is all mm. settling around Luke. Um, and then you sort of see him move and the salt doesn't move so you know that he's not really there. And like I really love how the team used sort of these cinematic parallels to to show um what was really going on there nice i love that because i usually hate people talking to me in the cinema as you can imagine i don't think that's a surprise with my type a personality i have tried to have people flung out of cinemas before okay (laughs) just put it on the table (laughs) do not mess with me in a cinema but the one time i was glad someone spoke to me in a cinema was (laughs) (laughs) i was with him i was with nikki uh, he was one of the people we, we see the last Jedi with, and that happened. Like, it's just start the fight starts to happen, and he just whispers to me, "He's like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "You just summed up that moment for me so perfectly." Yeah. It was it's so those, fucking like, it's, cool. It slows everything at that moment. Like everything's yeah. been sort of very, like, get to the end sort of t- this thing, and then like as soon as Kylo Ren comes out the ship, everything sort of stops, yeah. um, and and everything waits around them while that's happening and I, I like that I like that tension mm-hmm. and it feels very monumental as well like you feel like something's about to happen that you can't take back and then it yeah. does and I also think that quite a lot of the film is like inspired by like anime and samurai films like there's a mm. lot of shots where they pull back and do these beautiful wide shots and you're like oh my god like that's something exactly, of- yeah there's a industrial light and magic compositor um Charmaine Chen, Chan, I think uh, uh, she or they um, were like talking about how how they did use sort of Seven Samurai and and Rashomon, like Kurosawa's films, to yeah. to 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 build that. Like even with the the conflicting narratives between Luke Ray and uh, Luke Kylo Ren and the truth, like mm-hmm. it's Rashomon sort of. Uh, narrative structure um and they're using a lot of reds throughout the film like uh kagamusha and ran as well so like they've been it's like they it's like they marathoned kurosawa's films and then made the last jedi i thought that because a lot of the close-ups and then the pulled pulls out to the wide shots are so like familiar to me as being like anime or like like, this is one shot of Ray on that island that she's on with Luke and it pulls out and she's just standing on the edge and there's like the water behind her and I'm just like, oh my god, like that is beautiful. But yeah. it's like very familiar as well. Nice. I love that. I've just loved listening to you two there. I was like, this is lovely. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> Wouldn't get this with Sweeney on the show. Uh, but AJ <laughs> AJ, what was your favourite moment in the last uh, the last Jedi? Um my favourite like a serious moment was when like Kylo and Ray are having their fight. Mm-hmm. No, well they're fighting off they fight off all the guards and then they fight with oh, the Zilk, and then and then Anakin's lightsaber breaks in half. Yeah. That was beautiful. Rivaled only by Luke throwing the lightsaber on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> low key. Low key that is light, that lightsabers right. were abused in this film. Yeah for sure. <laughs> I want to as well like that, like there's been a lot of issues surrounding Leia's moment in space. Um, <laughs> oh, when she flies, yeah. when she has a spoonful of sugar to get. Right. And I just like I need I need to talk about it because like there, there's it's it's in defence of the moment. Um, because people are like, oh, she's in the vacuum of space, like you should die instantly, and uh, like. No, you don't. You don't die instantly in space. Like it's 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 your air and your lungs that expands and tears your um tears your lungs apart. If you exhale upon decompression, then you can survive in the vacuum for a few minutes. And she's used that to sort of guide herself back to 
uh, a, a safe environment, um, yeah. and that's why she had to sort of heal up for ages. Um, also, as Layla, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. I, I didn't question it. She's the Listen, queen. <laughs> I love Leia, and I think her using the force is a great thing. I just think it looked bad. It's oh, that's mad. It looked bad, yeah. The, the gliding. <laughs> yeah. Gliding as a statue. Godmother from Cinderella floating <laughs> out in space. Again, that can, exp- that can be explained because there's no in space, there's no up or down. So like, there's no, there's no um, orientation for her body. So her body is just moving through a place where direction doesn't count, so our our shoulders aren't being set, or our our legs aren't being set, like as as it would be if she was standing. So that statuesque sort of look as she glided, like, makes complete sense as well. I trust the science, Kim. I yeah, I trust the science. I wish more people did these days. <laughs> um, but um, I, I have, I actually have a serious one and a funny one as well. My funny one is when Luke gets the leaf in his head and Ray's hand. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, That's the force. And it's like, oh, I can feel it. It's like, I, <laughs> let me in stitches every time I've watched this movie. I fucking yeah. love that moment. Uh, the other one is, I think, from you're talking about great visual moments in this movie for me. Uh, the moment where Holdo makes her sacrifice. Um, yeah. So the rebels by going kamikaze. And uh, why is no one... The big question that was raised off, why has no one thought of doing this before? Well, I don't think many people want to actually be yeah. on the ship. <laughs> it flies yeah. through the Star Destroyer at light speed. Um, but, and you, you see know, what those people are charging for ships? They've got enough to be <laughs> spend their night their in exactly. casinos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We don't get to see Holdo again. That's one thing. But that looks like <laughs> ship. You know? well, that's gone as well. Think of the ships. Think of the <laughs> ships. Ship. No one is thinking of the ships in this movie. Do, if you're but... having merch for this, like you have to think of the ships. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's, thinking, nobody's thinking of the like the price of making a ship here. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no one. DJ was the life, only one. Life is cheap here. Life is think cheap. Life Dime is cheap. Doesn't. Life is cheap and so am I. Um, but yeah, I, remember, I, remember, I remember being in the cinema for that moment, man, and it just honestly, the visual and then the sound completely cuts out as well. And you just, yeah. like, it's almost that gasp you hear from the audience around you. That's that's what's so good about the cinema experience, is my hear the reaction of other people. And I shared that. That's taken from uh, um, Kurosawa as well, because he, he used those uh, sort of cuts in the sound to, to emphasise big moments. Um, yeah. And the, 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 like, like the, that, that's why I love this film so much. My favourite yeah. filmmaker has influenced the whole thing. Um, and it, it's the same way that General Star Wars, you're talking about it earlier, like, you know, Westerns are influenced by, you know, Japanese samurai cinema, you know, and yeah. vice versa. They have this, this their dyads in the, in the film force, as it were, you know? Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> when George Lucas was saying, I want to make a space western, essentially, you know, he's saying, you know, I want to make a space samurai movie at the same time, to some degree, you know, exactly. which he did. So, yeah. uh, to take that original inspiration of Star Wars and apply it to here, and I think this is great. This leans more towards the Kurosawa thing. I think you watch something like The Mandalorian, it's clearly, you know, they're trying make it the man with no name like the other side of things so there is exactly, like a yeah. there is a, a sliding scale with it but yeah that lone was wolf and, lone wolf and cub yeah so we've, we've mentioned them we've mentioned them here um ryan johnson ryan johnson uh, fair to say a man who divides opinion in the star wars fandom he um, had the vision was it the right one we'll never know yeah i think he had a i think he had the the, the daring to try something different with star wars I and know. i like that a lot of the reviews for this film when it first came out were like it subjects like no what is it? it subverts Superb. expectation is that a good thing or not and I feel like yeah I feel like they do the same thing like I, I really like the Force Awakens but it felt too familiar and I feel like they do the same thing quite often and I think that this was like a nice change mm. of pace exactly yeah I, I, I completely agree it's uh, it like. So, yeah, like, like we're getting repeats and remakes all the time. Um, so if Not you, that we're if complaining. Well, yeah, it's saturating the market. If you're making something that feels familiar but allows you to see differently, I think that's mm. what Ryan Johnson tried to do. Um, yeah. And I appreciate it for that. I really like Ryan Johnson as well. I think at a point, Star Wars, that, and that, that make this appeal if anyone's listening, you know, we disagree about enough in the world. Do you know what I mean? Can we know make Star Wars something we're scrapping over? You know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. enjoy your Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I don't want to be hating and on let's, it. Let's not shout at like people who 
like that Kelly Marie Tran stuff is yeah exactly let, let's like that at the end of the day she did what she was supposed to do like yeah. that was exactly. her role uh, and she done it and she done it well um and like yelling at her for how her character um was portrayed like how, how her character was developed is is not not agreeable don't like it and exactly. also, people talk as if they could have wrote it any better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and but, like, I love Star Wars, and I feel like I understand it deeply, but I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arrogant enough to think that no. you know I could have went and did that. I, I agree with you. I think you can't win for losing some things because, like you said, touched on it there. Force Awakens too safe. Repeat um, of New Hope. You know, yeah. play the same beats. Do something new. Okay, we'll do something new. No, this is not Star Wars to me. This is not. <laughs> this is not what I asked for. This is I not think the Force Awakens done the same, same but different. Yeah, yeah the, the Force Awakens done a good thing to converge fans. It's like new fans and old fans. Here's something that you can both enjoy. Yeah. And then it tried to branch off from there, and then it got a divisive sort of feedback, and then it became the Rise of Skywalker, which yeah. is a bit of a bit but of a the, wet wet tone. That that well, they're going to cover that next week. Um, <laughs> Eden no, Company, good good talk we're for Eden. Right Just keep it rolling. <laughs> what I will say is, I I said this in the last show. I think that. Each of these films, lesser extent Lies of Skywalker, are good movies individually, mm -hmm. but the problem was Disney did not have an overall vision for what this trilogy was meant to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think there that's what... There was planning involved. These people no. need to get a, a mind map going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get some mind maps, get a whiteboard up. Get you know some I mean? whiteboard pens. Somebody <laughs> had to storyboard this. Hash this out. A little bit. Listen to us, we'll tell you how to make this trilogy. But like, a I, I did, that notes fell off uh, at some point. <laughs> their, their plan clearly was get three talented filmmakers to make three different Star Wars movies, and that works fine. But you didn't have someone with a creative oversight of it, because we've said this before, Kathleen Kennedy, a magnificent film producer, you know what I mean? Like, legendary film producer. But I don't think that she has that creative oversight necessary to see over, like, a trilogy like this. You know what I mean? And I think that's been proven. I think someone in power at Lucasfilm has to have the role of, if you're bringing people in to make these movies, play that Kevin Feige role where you're in control of what the overall story is going to be, that you can map out that story and can make sure that overall vision has been followed while allowing creativity within those films themselves. Because I don't think it's Ryan Johnson's fault you know what what happened after this if you'd given ryan johnson episode nine i i, I genuinely believe we would be looking back in this trilogy you know with a more positive light yeah however you know you can't go from subverting everything that jj did to then jj just going like right okay let's pretend the last jedi didn't happen let's yeah. continue from here ray is once again a palpatine here we go <laughs> it's really hard to like have that pressure like imagine having the pressure of being like right here you're doing star wars now yeah, and you have to think of every single storyline and every single possible thing, and go, "What can I even do?" Yeah, like, what can I even do? <laughs> yeah. I think that's where his world building came into, as you yeah. did. Like, I think he really like made his own mark yeah. on the and universe. Like, the world building is beautiful and rich, and I think that's he probably probably focus more on that than what to actually do with the characters because it's so scary to have the power over these characters that mean so much to so many different people and that, that's why I think you try to like change it up in different ways without actually mm. trying to change that much. Totally and uh, you know at the time this is coming out he's still attached to Helm, a new Star Wars trilogy which mm. would be separate from the sort of main franchise we're seeing them spin off a lot more we've seen Taika Waititi is announced as directing a Star Wars film, Patty Jenkins is uh, directing a Star Wars film um, as well so you know they are trying to branch out from the Skywalker saga I'd be happy to have them back you know like we've seen yeah. like, Knives Out is one of my favourite films of the last couple of years mm -hmm. uh, I, I really enjoyed that movie and we've seen what he can do when allowed to take a genre subvert it and uh, put his own staff in it you know see if you give him like do, do you remember that 1616 Star Wars game that was announced that was going to be a, a dark and gritty um, it got scrapped after the Disney deal. It was, it was supposed to be this dark and gritty sort of Coruscant set um, video game where you don't play a Jedi, you, you play somebody surviving in the universe. Give him nice. something like that yeah. um, and let him give 
let him give the brick treatment to Star Wars. Um, Like, I want to see a Ryan Johnson neo noir Star Wars film uh, set in the grimy Coruscant. Oh, dystopian. Yeah, this to me because now now you're saying that to AJ and she's like, oh, this is very Blade Runner esque going back to Coruscant, and Coruscant is like my favorite planet in Star Wars. (laughs) And I just can't can't shut up about Coruscant and the Mandalorian. When are they coming back? Star Wars needs that. Like, we've seen seen the Grand Jedis, we've seen the Bounty Hunters, we've seen everything. Let us see. We need a gritty detective. Yeah, that's what like the Mandalorian touched on, and I think if you expand that through Ryan yeah. Johnson's other film, I think hey, I'm going to watch Mandalorian. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, I will say, um, Kieran, you will get your wish in some way because there's the TV show that's been announced that's um, being helmed by uh, Leslie Headland. Um, oh yeah, which uh, mm-hmm. who created, was the creator of one of the co-creators yeah. of Russian Doll. Uh, it's called The Acolyte. Uh, coming on Disney Plus, and that will be at the end of the High Republic era, so maybe like 50 years before Phantom Menace, and that's been described as a, a neo-noir uh, mystery filler uh, set in the Star Wars universe that uh, will take audiences into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers, so it could be the case of uh, we get a young Palpatine in there maybe, or it's a Plagueis, you know, reference or something like that at that, that stage. But, you know, it'll be good. Um, thank uh, you very much, Jedi guys. For... Dark side. I'm tired of that. Like, uh, <laughs> give... Give, me, give me brick. Give Make me Star brick. Wars without lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, thank you guys for such a, a good discussion here on The Last Jedi. I thought that was, was really, really sound. But we are going to get on to the news of the day to wrap us up here. And a Willy Wonka prequel. Uh, is being planned uh, at from the good people at Warner Brothers, uh, who you know are having a tough time recently with them announcing their entire slate was going to uh, HBO Max at the same time as their cinema, and then Denny Villeneuve was just like, "Shut up, boy, that's not happening." <laughs> so they'll be facing some trouble <laughs> with that. Um, but they are planning a Willy Wonka prequel. It's Paul King who directed uh, Paddington and Paddington Two. Um, and there's two main contenders to play Wonka in this. One uh, is that cheeky chappy. Uh, I'm introducing that cheeky chappy. <laughs> it's that cheeky chappy from England. It's Mr. Tom Holland. Um, oh, and then we have the Continental. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Continental a- breakfast. <laughs> oh, mate, that's Happy. the best sketch ever. I love that so much. Uh, AJ, I'm going to come to you first. Who would you rather see as Wonka? Uh, Tom or Timothy. Right, so David, as you know, didn't know about any of this until you just said it there. <laughs> I cannot yep. believe that they, right, I love both of them, like, <laughs> in different ways, but I don't know why. <laughs> why, are they, why are they the only two options to play Wonka? I well, think that's really random, and also I think it's probably got something to do with the fact that that Willy Wonka guy is really famous on TikTok, so now they're trying to get some young, like, attractive person to play Willy Wonka, so oh, all the yeah. weans will love it. And I'm not into that. To be fair, to looking at Gene Wilder as Wonka, there is a bit of shalmy about him. Like there are other contenders for yeah. it. Or, um outside those those are the top two that they won. But Deb Patel's been mentioned, uh, Donald Glover is getting mm-hmm. thrown around. Donald Glover. Donald Glover, I would take. I would take Donald Glover over uh, If I had to be, I would take V Tim. Um I don't think it's right Deb for Tom. Patel as well, I, think. I think I think Tom's a bit too ditzy for it, so I'd throw him out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Kieran, you were saying to me off air about that, about how you uh, thought you can't I've buy him. So many problems with Tom. He's, yeah. not, he's not serious enough and I feel like Timothy, we can we've seen him do some some dark and twisty, some complex characters. I've not seen that from Tom Holland yet. Mm. Maybe I will this year. I know he's got a few films out. I do love Dev Patel, so yeah, Dev Patel, Donald Glover would take Timothy if I. Yeah, one of the two, I, I, I would believe, um, or just make it a woman, like some someone oh else. God. Like if, seen... if it was a woman, yeah, some like it would be perfect. Um, but like, I don't want these. <sighs> right, remember a few years ago when Avatar came out? Yeah. A few then, years ago. It's like yeah. ten years ago now. Well, like it's all relative, isn't it? I'm in the <laughs> 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 sure AJ, just go along with it. Okay? Just, 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 a few years ago. Old man yells at Cloud. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that Sam Worthington was in everything after that? 
Yeah, it was the yeah. popular guy, and I never believed him as anybody. But they kept putting him in stuff, and that's what I feel like is happening with, uh, with with Tom Holland. Like, I want I want Tom Holland's Sam Worthington moment to be. Yeah, over both now. of them are kind of like that though. Like they, they were really popular in their like first come like the films that got really popular, and now they're trying to just throw them in everything. I don't see that for them. Yeah, and I also like if they're making a Wonka prequel. Do you know what? That's like creative freedom times a thousand. Why would they pick? No offense, some boring looking white man. Exactly. Yeah. And Gene Wilder was like a comedy genius. He, exactly. His timing was perfect. Um, and like, if you're going to pick. And Johnny Depp, let's like talk yeah. about Johnny Depp. Yeah. You can see a comic in the role. I think you do need a comic in the yeah. role, to be honest with you. Um, someone that understands that aspect of it. I don't think these. I think Donald Glover. I see that for him. I, I can see yeah. that now that I you're see mentioning that for it. Him. Yeah. I love Donald. Well, He's really funny. Another name that's came up here is uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I hate him. I hate him so much. Just, like, I, you, I I want, like, if Ryan Gosling is in it, I want him to be this unapologetically tall Oompa Loompa that stands and doesn't say a thing. <laughs> I love that. Like, so no, like, nobody, nobody, really nobody refers to it in any way. It's just uh, like, oh, look, it's Ryan Gosling. Listen, yeah, listen. No, I, I get be in the I background, just be a flower. Completely get what you both of you are saying. Yeah. I really like Tom Holland, Ruined but... Blade I, Runner. Ruined La La Land. <laughs> we have vastly different opinions on Gringos. I think he's perfectly serviceable in both. Oh, I loved him in uh, the, la- uh, the Nice Guys. Uh, like, he can play... What a movie! I'm not seeing that. I'm not, you know, AJ, you would bloody love it, um, because it's... Oh, he, he's... It shows he can actually play a comic role. Um, yeah. Crazy Stupid Love. Yes. Really yeah, exactly. That, that was great. I, I like funny that. in that. Didn't like him in Blade Runner because I just don't like any of the men that are in Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't like didn't like Lala Land, so Fair, fair. Maybe uh, that maybe that's the film. Maybe that's not him. But that's I don't but, like any that... of Brian's. That's broken my heart a wee bit. Said that, but that's fine. It's um, <laughs> fine. Um, but he is in the nice guys with Russell Crowe. So if you want to go and check that, oh, out, I do go love Russell Crowe. I'm oh, AJ, you have to watch it. It's, it's... big teddy bear man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, totally. Love him, He's love peak him teddy bear crow in this. Love him, <laughs> him as people slide him off. I thought it was great. Oh, Bye. he couldn't sing for anything, but he gave it his all, and I loved he it. He gave the character of Javert so much passion. Exactly. And he's such a meme now. Mm. Another character, uh, another actor, sorry, who gave everything he had to the part was the character that Matt Damon played in Thor Ragnarok when he played an actor playing Loki, um, (laughs) which apparently is a role he is returning for um, in Thor Love and Thunder, um, which apparently will use Rainbow in the Dark by Dio as its uh, song. And I cannot wait for that because it's a fucking tune. Um, But um, the question I have for you here is we'd actually, it doesn't actually say uh, what part that Mr. Damon is coming back for. Uh, Kieran, would you like to see another <laughs> scene with him playing an actor playing Loki? Or well, do you think there's a more substantial part uh, for our man Matt in this well, film? He, like, I'd completely forgot that he was in it um, The when, when we, you mentioned it off here. Uh, and like, I, I'm now, I firmly believe that he was playing Matt Damon. Like, in, in, <laughs> universe, in universe, Matt Damon and Sam Neill were in like yes. brought to Asgard. <laughs> I forgot it was Sam Neil. I yeah. forgot it was Sam Neil. Get Sam Neil uh, back. But like, if if you're going to make him play someone else, um, it would have to be one of like I don't think he could pull off a, a villain role uh, if if that no. was the case. But uh, well, Christian Bale is already going to be the villain in this one. He's going to play Gore the God Butcher. So. Oh jeez! Like, <laughs> what a name! <laughs> the, the cast is like the cast so far is Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Jamie Alexander, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, uh, Christian Bale, obviously now Matt Damon. Oh That's yeah, the Guardians cast. of the Galaxy will be in it as well, won't they? Yeah, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was it was hinted at the end of Endgame, but um, AJ Matt Damon. Maybe it's a bigger role. Could you see him as a, an Adam Warlock or something, perhaps? Or do you think it will just be an Arkham Hill? 
I don't know. I just you've just read out that list to me, and every single one of those people makes sense because they make sense in the film. Matt Damon does not make sense. <laughs> here. I don't know why he's in Ragnarok. That's what we need on the T-shirt. This one, literally, <laughs> he's just another. I don't write again. Don't like Matt Damon. Don't like him. Yeah. I just think him, Ryan Gosling, all the Ryans, all the Matts, just flavor flavorless white men. Why are they put them in a film? <laughs> Beige white actors. Exactly. I enjoy, I enjoy him in Good Will Very similar. I enjoy him in Goodwill Hunting. All very that. interchangeable, yeah. yeah. He's like you could pick a, a man off the street and get him to play Matt Damon. I don't like anyone would notice. Yeah. You, you two Jimmy Kimmel fans. And, and like, <laughs> likewise, <laughs> likewise, if you picked any man off the street and let Matt Damon play him, no one in these eyes would notice. <laughs> <laughs> like they would just go about his daily life as Matt Damon, but nobody would notice because it's Matt Damon. He's just also, a, a white guy. Think, think of all the actors out there that could play a small role in this film that would be so much cheaper to hire than Matt Damon. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's quite famous. Like, literally, you could literally just go outside and they're, they're filming it in Australia, aren't they? Totally. Yeah, you get Ralph Match. Go outside in Australia, go to the beach, grab some pasty white boy. Off, off of surfboards and go, can you come be in Thor for a minute? And they'll be like, yeah, wouldn't have to pay yeah. anything. I mean, Neil, have a new Patrick like, Harris doesn't do talk, anything. Shake your hand, goodbye. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris? Get Neil Patrick Harris then. He needs to be in Cobra Kai season four, also, but that's, that's not a thing. Neil Patrick Harris, me and him are having disagreements after his role in Gone Girl. Fair, fair. Well, oh, <laughs> and you can check that out on our back catalogue. Uh, but anyway, the last thing, the last thing to discuss today is uh, the Peaky Blinders, a show I'm not a fan of. I hope one of you has seen it. Um, it's going to I've end. Seen in it a, my puff yeah. Well, Kieran, have you seen it? No. <laughs> not well, even a single episode. My mum loves it though. Uh, I know what they she, look like. I know. What yeah, they look like. I can point it out and say Peaky Blinders. <laughs> the Peaky Blinders. There you yeah. Go. Uh, and there's like, another group of guys dressing as them for Halloween. That didn't yeah, get old quickly. Just, it usually just seems like a waste for me like to get an Irish actor to play an English person and vice versa. Uh, um, yeah. And so, English actors to play Scottish people. I, I like seeing that stuff yeah. like with, with the with the wealth of of great talent in each area, um in in you're you're getting like uh mm. an iconically Irish guy to play uh, someone from Birmingham mm-hmm. or London? I don't, I don't know where they are. I know. I, I get what you mean. He does look great, but <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. I mean, um, like, to be honest, yeah. I'd probably like it. I could watch Kelly and Murphy read a menu, but there's like, there's just no pull, no other pull to to. to I like your outfits. Yeah. Like really, really, really well dressed penguins. <laughs> angry angry penguins yeah. well listen we're gonna we're, i'm just gonna report who's in it and then we can move on with our day but uh, it's that, the, the the cast from the series uh, includes kelly and murphy paddy constantine aiden gillen tom hardy sam neil and anya taylor joy who would make a great wonka oh and... anya Taylor! oh my god she would oh my yeah. god i love her so much i love her i stand her She's so much incredible I pitched her, we had to pitch a, a movie based on a video game in a pitch battle, and I pitched her starting in Metroid, which I still stand oh, by. That That's so cool. good. Her eyes, I know. Well, she would make such good Wonka because she's got really intense and expressive eyes, and isn't that what we want? I think that's isn't what that we what, want. Right, David. Perfect for Metroid right as well. Someone, right to someone right now. And I will. David, you, you, you know people. And she, I, speaks, and she speaks like five different languages. She's a woman of the world. She is. Oh, continental God. like a breakfast um, but anyway <laughs> yeah, they in Peaky Blinders. I feel bad for her <laughs> and, uh, and she was oh, with Chess seems, like like seems like they cast her before her big sort of boom <laughs> no I know I bet she's regretting it now she's like did we really, did we really sign this contract and they're like oh yeah sorry, we can't get out of it we're actually flying to the UK this weekend and she's like <laughs> you're on the plane right now yeah. that's when the box is around her just like exposed <laughs> that she's on an airplane <laughs> tricks her out there by the way we're talking about the Army Hammer thing earlier on guess who's replaced Army Hammer <laughs> Oh, the Josh. Talk about the Josh Dahmel. Yeah. The, the most whitest of the white men. At least this whole cannibal thing is given Army Hammer. Is he not like an army guy in, in Transformers? Transformers? And or the dad in Love guy? Simon. And the dad in Love Simon. Aww. Don't forget. All right, that. okay. A great, he has a I'm lot not... of points for me from now on because of that. Anyone involved in Yeah, that I know how much. Uh, 
big a deal that film is to you there, so I wasn't going to I, report him I know, I know, I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, let's, let's stop right now. Uh, we will be stopping right now, it's uh, time to end the podcast. Uh, AJ, you will be back, um, unless Army well, Hammer like... does get convicted. Oh, uh, hey. It looks like you're doing call by Yeah, in which case, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call Keith. <laughs> but, so, AJ, AJ, what is <laughs> what is <Canfors? laughs> AJ, good to have you as always. No problem. <laughs> and Kiri, what you is cannibalism? What a great way to end the show. <laughs> what yeah. is cannibalism? Right into us. Right into Answers in the comments <laughs> or Facebook if Instagram. you like the 90s on a postcard. <laughs> Kiri, we will need to get you back uh, in for another film because that was a, a fun time, Milan. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. I had a great time. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And don't forget, guys, check us out everywhere on social media. Go and check out our past episodes on Spotify. Check out the new FTYT YouTube channel where you can check out the Star Wars uh, Charity Gauntlet and other things uh, on there, like a Cobra Kai Season 3 review from FTTV, where Sweeney's Wi-Fi kept cutting out, so it's mostly me and Jack. Um, but anyway, we will be back next time for The Rise of Skywalker. Until then, see you later on. Bye. Bye.